Welcome back to Jason Japan, and today we're going to continue our talk about Mrs. Najimu Ye, who's still Yamoto Ye. But today we're going to talk about her meaning of her husband, Najima, and how she became Najima, or Mrs. Najima. Very, very sort of time, handsome woman. So, what is that? And more we're going to talk about today in the JJ Japan podcast. So, as we talked last time, Yamoto Ye was now living in Kyoto with her brother, Kamakura. And she was supporting a lot of sort of modernization of Japan, helping out in sort of affairs with English translation and learning Christianity. And here, her brother met a man called Nijima Jo. Nijima Jo, he wanted to build a school, or a Christian school, in Kyoto. It was previously went to Osaka, and he got refused. But Kamakura was very open to Western ideas. Once Japan to become the best country possible, he was open to this and supported them, supported him, and made the school. And Ye attended, and there he met Nijima. Originally, Nijima got report this woman's a bit crazy. She's extremely dangerous. Like she sits on wells, just on a log, knitting. Like, what, what's she doing? Like, she could die. But after speaking to Yamoto about this, she's like, "Oh no, no, no! That's just, that's just yay. That's what she's like. No fear. No cares if anyone thinks. If she decides something, she will do it." And for Nijima, well, we're gonna call him Joseph for a while because that's his English name. Joseph. For this, that was actually his ideal woman. So who was Mr. Nijima Joseph? Well, he is a very interesting character in Japanese history, as he was one of the first American exchange students. He kind of secretly left Japan when he wasn't supposed to, just after the Americans arrived. And there, he arrived in Boston, New York, where he learned English, converted to Christianity, and he met an interesting band of Japanese people. They were the Iwaka Shitsudan. And the Iwaka Shitsudan was sort of a diplomatic group, but sent around Europe to learn Western culture and bring it back to Japan. Well, the good parts. And they had several issues, mostly being language, and they literally met Joseph by chance in Boston. And they was like, well, this guy can speak English really good and understands foreign languages. We need this guy. So he was appointed as their translator, and with them, he traveled around to New York, Boston area, to Europe, to France, Swiss, Germany, they even went to Russia as their translator. That's a very Western influence. Saw most of the world. But a Japanese person at the time was very rare. As you can see, if you've traveled the world yourself, you normally come back very changed. And one of the things he wanted to come back to, especially his influence from Christianity, he wanted to be sort of one of the missionaries and bring Christianity back to Japan. So he arrived back from his travels around the world. I mean, first he arrived in Osaka, didn't go too well, then we went to Kyoto, and then we met Kamakasam. There we go, we met Kamakasam, and they started the school. But Nijima-san was more sort of his idol woman. He wanted this equal playing field. He didn't want guy. Like, he didn't like the giant Japanese style at the time, very male hierarchical. The woman is always sort of like a servant-esque sort of wife, he wanted equal playing field in the way he was a handsome man, he wanted a handsome woman, the way he would 
and be his equal and she can, he can look up to in some way he would be he would be the servant of her and thus meeting Nijim meeting Yamato Yei well he fell in love and they got married and the marriage is quite interesting as Yamato Yei she converted to Christianity or baptized in Kyoto and they had a Christian wedding wedding a Christianized Protestant and this was still very taboo at the time in Japan, and the monks didn't like this at all. They thought that this is heresy, or protesting outside their school. But the school is actually quite interesting that it's right next to the Imperial Palace in Kyoto. Literally right next, literally over the road from the Imperial Palace in Kyoto. So you can actually still, it's still there today. You can actually go to their school, or the church as well was still there. It was pretty interesting next time I go to Kyoto, I want to go there and take some pictures. But they went on this marriage because it's it's yay and she's not she wants to get married she wants to do something some protesting monks well she's not gonna give two fucks about them really and they went ahead and being now after their marriage now he sees Nijima yay she took part in the school she's previously had teaching experience and wants to sort of bring the Western cultures mostly to Japanese ladies and starting off a branch, she was lead of sort of the female part of the school. To bring the Japanese ladies, all the Western culture, Western ideas, Western cooking, sort of the new, all these new products that come from the West, like new water cooking things, like, whoa, we can make waffles? <laughs> but she also was a teacher of the male side as well, and very, very scary sort of teaching. In a way, there's uh, some stories that she was dressed up in an old... IG battlefield uniform with some muskets and <laughs> reenacting scenes of the battle because men still at the time were very sexist they weren't they're not really open to a woman teaching but she was more of a lion of a tiger and wouldn't take them not wanting to learn from women as a no and thus even though they protested about this to Mr. Nijima we're like, oh, your wife's really scary. Like, she's a tiger. She might kill us in the class. I'm like, yes, that's great. As Nijishan was very full-hearted of, of Ye's sort of very strong character. But sadly, Nijima's and Joseph, he was very active. Very active in sort of Japanese westernization. This means he traveled a lot. And it kind of got too much for him, and he sadly died from heart failure. It's very, very sad. And Niji and Ye went all the way to Kamakura, where he was in hospital, and there he sadly died on his dead deathbed. Was very sad. Left Nijima now widowed twice, because she had a first husband who got called called the Edo, then died there. But this time, though she did not remarry after this, she wasn't going to let her husband's death, even though very saddened by it, stop her. Because after her death, she started the Christian Red, the Red Cross in Japan. And this was a very important time as bringing Western medicine, Western teaching to Japan, and the sort of hospital was actually extremely important, and it helped a lot. Because after several natural disasters occurred and several wars occurred as the Japanese started expanding their 
fought off Russia and started invading other parts of Asia. And this led the Red Cross in a very important part in sort of medical aid, helping soldiers, helping sort of refugees who were hurt and damaged, and bringing more Western medicine to Japan. And for this, she got awarded several awards, was very honorable, very high status. But, and she kept us doing this until she died. Now she lived in Kyoto when she was old age, and she died at the age, let me get it right. Yep, at 86 in Kyoto. So she lived a full, a very full, vibrant life, doing lots of things in Japan. So she originally was an Aiji, she was a warrior, right? She defended Tsuruga Castle to the bitter end. Then she embraced Western culture and Westernization in Japan and Kyoto, started the school of Nijima, and then finally, after the sad death of Nijima, she started the Red Cross in Japan and helped many Japanese people survive. So yeah, that was Nijima Ye. And though maybe my instruction of Nijima Ye was a bit rambly, we're still trying this podcast out. I hope you enjoyed that story, because Nijima Ye, actually looking up her stuff, there's not many much about her in sort of Western literature. Even in Japan, Japanese sort of books, I found this this one, there's still not much about it. Really compared to other characters in Japanese history, as it's very male dominated. It's always good to try shine some females in Japanese history, and they did play a part. So, I'm going to end there today on the Joe's Japan, and if you like this podcast, and want to make it any better in any way, please like any way you can find it, leave a comment, message me on my Facebook group, JJ Japan, or at Twitter, Jarvisan22. And I mean, it's an itzmo dori. Sabashi, it's me, Jonas, you only say bye, Gangamashou. Jonas!